Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Desi and I am the Ace in the Wild, coming to you live from the middle of nowhere in the South Puget Sound region of Washington. And today I decided to sort of switch topics to fiction, specifically animation. There is an asexual character that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. This character is one of the better and more salient, and he is Todd Chavis from the animated series Bojack Horseman. This series ran from 2014 to 2020. It is more or less a satire of Hollywood and its personalities. Credit to Shafrilla's Productions for this video. I watched a couple hours of basically a documentary and a review of Bojack Horseman from this channel. It's very popular, has a million and a half subscribers. The channel focuses on animation from Disney movies to shows like Bojack Horseman. It's very good. And I would recommend anyone who's interested in animation to watch this channel. It's extremely well-produced and extremely hilarious, so check it out. Bojack Horseman is revolutionary in a lot of ways, and it's interesting because some of the characters are humans, some of the characters are hybrid human-animal. Bojack himself is a horse and a human, not quite a centaur, but he has like a horse's head but as a human body. Some of them share the characteristics, like there's rabbits and mice. It's, it's a very interesting representation. It's a very interesting show. And this show is known for its plot twists, its breaking of traditional tropes, its attention to detail, and more than anything is its dealing with unpleasant truths. The main character, Bojack, is a horribly flawed individual. He is an alcoholic. He is depressed. He abuses people around him. And this is Hollywood-based. He is basically a washed-up movie star trying to get back into the business. He experiences some success, and rather than being like the traditional protagonist, he is actually more of a villain in a lot of situations because he constantly is destroying other people's lives around him and destroying his own life and ruining relationships. Bojack Horseman is a very good show. I would say it's one of the best ever created, and I would recommend anyone to watch it if they can deal with some of the themes. I've never watched this series in full because it's been too triggering to me individually because when this show was running from 2014 to 2020 is right in the middle of when I was going through my alcoholism, my experiences with the MGTOW community and the red pill and just basically being really cynical. I didn't really have a lot of hope about my future and I didn't really have a very good attitude about life back then. I've watched enough of the show where I have a very good grasp of what the show's about, but I have not watched the show in full, so full disclosure there. As I was really starting to explore my identity as an ace, I think this is about 2017-2018, I noticed that there was a character on the show named Todd Chavez, and he was one of the foremost ace figures. This is a very common experience for us aces. This is not just for aces, this is queer people in general, as a lot of us look online. And Todd Chavez was the first one who popped up because he just explicitly said that he was ace. And this is very uncommon in media. A lot of the characters I saw as ace, especially in the fantasy series The Wheel of Times, I don't know if the author intended them to be ace, per se. But they just display ace characteristics and don't really, you know, show any expression. Or They're so focused on their villainy that they don't really focus on pursuing relationships. But that's something I'll explore later. As for the character of Todd... He essentially is a slacker in his young mid-twenties living at Bojack's house. Bojack is, I would say, moderately wealthy and successful. He has a fairly nice house, and Bojack would often host parties to make himself not so, not feel so alone. 
And this is sort of his way of self-aggrandizing himself, making himself feel special. But also Bojack desperately doesn't want to be alone. So any sort of party that he throws, he has people around him. It's his way of, you know, feeling feeling wanted and feeling important. Because when he's alone, he just has to deal with his depression. He has to deal with the problems of his life, his bad upbringing, his toxic mother. And again, this hits this hits very close to home for me during that time period the show was running, is that when I didn't have my substances and when I was alone, as I said a few episodes ago, when my friends sort of moved on and got girlfriends and started pursuing their own lives and starting families, I felt very alone. And when I didn't have them and I didn't have my substances, it was very difficult. So I can relate to Bojack very much on this, except that I don't—I didn't try to run people's lives at that time to make myself feel important like he did. In the first few episodes, Todd is very much just a comedic relief to Bojack. A lot of the stuff that Bojack deals with is very heavy and very dark. Todd's just this fun-loving, kind of goofy guy. He has all these plans that he comes up with. There's another character, this animated dog, Mr. Peanut Butter. They come up with these just ludicrous plans. And Todd is always goofing around. And the plans he comes up with are just, like, he wants to do, like, a rock band, but he's terrible at, like, music or whatever. He's just a, he's a very silly but lovable character. And it's part of the reason why Bojack keeps him around is because he's just so positive. He never really gets, lets life trodden him down. And he's very likable. And essentially, he just plays video games. And he's the foil to the cynical Bojack. The relationship is very good early on. I would say that Todd and Bojack are more or less drinking buddies combined with roommates. Bojack is kind of like, oh, well, you're a slacker and you leech off of me. But at the same time, <laughs> Bojack knows that he can't really do without Todd. The reason why Todd came into his house is because after a party, Bojack was feeling really lonely and Todd was the last one there. And Bojack was, oh, stay as long as you want. And Todd ends up living with him and staying here with him for several years. With Todd, there is an air of innocence and naivete. He's a very sort of juvenile character, but innocent, as I said before, is extremely likable. It's hard for people not to like Todd. He just is so ridiculous and so funny and so lighthearted and childish almost that it's really hard to dislike him. Later, I think it was the second or third season, there's a flashback to him with his first girlfriend, Emily, who is a recurring character later on, and they're making out. And basically, Emily says, hey, we've been together for months now. Maybe we should try sex. In most situations in media, Todd would be all about that because in media, men are betrayed as these horny creatures that are usually the instigators of sex. So right off the bat, you have the woman suggesting, we've been dating for months now, let's try this sex thing. And he's completely thrown off, tries to act like he's into it, like, uh, yeah, let's do this thing. And it's very relatable as someone who's been in a similar situation with my first partner. This is very relatable to a lot of aces, but at this time we don't know that he's an ace. We're just like, hmm, that's interesting that he's having this reaction. Fortunately for Todd, it gets broken up by the girl's dad showing up. This is supposed to be in 2007 because it's a flashback, and her dad worked on the show The Sopranos, which, as many of you who have watched the show know, ended in 2007, and it ended very abruptly and very strangely. There's a lot of controversy about it, and it's kind of funny because as he's escaping out the window, he takes the tape reel and snaps off the latter half of it, and that's why The Sopranos ends so abruptly, essentially, is because this asexual <laughs> this asexual teen was trying to escape this girl's dad. There's actually another flashback 
sort of from the same time that when him and Emily first kiss, he's admitted that he's never kissed before. She's all excited about it because they're like late teenagers, 17, 18 years old. He's never kissed before, which again, another thing I can relate to. So that's sort of the introduction to the deeper part of his character because in the in the previous iterations Todd is essentially just this goofy guy he actually tries like online dating in one of the episodes but Todd is sort of like a background character sort of like a relief from the dark character of Bojack to make the show more light-hearted because if it just focused on Bojack it would be very depressing <laughs> to be honest in season three and season four is really when we start to focus on Todd and away from Bojack and he actually meets up with Emily his ex-girlfriend as an adult and they immediately hit it off again and sort of I wouldn't say resume their relationship but are just spending a lot of time together and they they just get along really well and they have a good dynamic with each other and Emily as she did before wants Todd and he's constantly or they're constantly getting these opportunities to have sex but Todd essentially avoids it every single time and finds a way out and again, we don't know that Todd is ace at this point. It's kind of confusing, I guess, for a person who's just getting into the show. It's like, well, why isn't Todd taking advantage of this? Emily is this very lovely and special person to Todd, but yet he doesn't really want to take it to the next level, quote unquote. And Todd genuinely likes Emily and wants her constantly in his life and wants to be good friends with her, but he doesn't really want to take it to the next level. And it gets to the point where she doesn't know how to feel about it. And she asks him straight up, like, hey, are you gay? Like, wh what is going on here? I can't tell if you like me. I know that you like me, but I don't know if you like me. It's just this it's very <laughs> interesting conversation. And he's surprised, like, well, I'm not gay. But this is the first time that he really starts looking into himself and being like, well, I, I don't think I'm gay. I'm not gay, but I'm definitely not straight. I don't think I'm anything. I think I might be nothing. And that's actually exactly what he says in that interaction when they're at this restaurant. And for me, this really hit home because I had a very difficult time identifying what I was, especially in my mid-20s. And unlike him, where he has friends and everything else, my social life was limited. So I didn't really have friends to explore this sort of thing with. The friends that I had in my younger 20s had sort of drifted away and I saw them on a semi-regular basis and I was just sort of doing my, th my, my thing out here in the woods playing video games and whatever. And he's essentially at a loss for words when she kind of calls him out on this. After this get-together with Emily, Todd really starts to recognize that there's something different with him. He's never really focused on it before. <laughs> in many ways, in this time period, I identify a lot with Todd just being this sort of gamer guy who just wants to play games, goof off, and not really take life seriously, just sort of go through the motions and try to enjoy myself as much as possible. I never, and he never really focused that much on his sexual identity, which is interesting because Bojack constantly is looking for casual hookups, mostly to fill the void in his life and his and his feeling worthless and his insecurities he feels with these casual sexual relationships where Todd is just sort of like, okay, well, I'm just going to goof off and sit at Bojacks and play Xbox or whatever and do my own thing. And at this point, after Emily comes back into his life, he really starts to question what his identity is and where he's going to go from here. And this is where he goes to meet other aces. He starts looking online. This is something that many aces do when they're sort of figuring out what they are. And he actually finds a group of aces to hang out with. 
and I wrote this down on my notes that I wish I knew where to find these when I came out as Ace and when I understood that I was Ace. I know these exist, but like out here in Nowhere Land, Washington, like they just, there's not a lot of queer people out here. Most of them are in Seattle to the north and Olympia to the west. And I have had interactions with them, but they're so far away. And it's just every time I find somebody who's on the queer spectrum that's close to me, I get very excited. And I have found a few, fortunately. But at this time, I didn't, first of all, I didn't know what I was. And second of all, I didn't know where to look. I just found stuff online. But he actually finds this group of aces. He goes to this ace party and he realizes he's with his people, that these are people like him, but also very different. And this is the, this is where the show does a really good job of saying all aces aren't the same. There are aromantic aces who don't want to be in relationships. There are romantic aces that have relationships. There are even aces that are on the demisexual spectrum that could have conventional relationships. It just takes a, a while for them to build up trust and everything else. He's worried that he's not going to be able to get married. Like, oh, I guess I'm ace. I guess I'm not going to be able to get married. And that kind of depresses him. And he's, he asks these other aces about like, oh, what, what are you talking about? I have a partner. We're married. Just because you're ace doesn't mean you can't have romantic relationships. It doesn't mean that you can't get married. It doesn't mean you can't have sex. It does a really good job showing the uh, spectrum. And that's what a lot of people don't understand when they think of aces. They're just like, oh, well, they're just these plant people that don't do anything, that don't want to have sex, or even like they're aliens or whatever, that sort of thing, like data from Star Trek. I might do something on him later. There's a lot to him, but he is often referred to as an asexual representative. And later on, he meets this character called Yolanda, who is another ace. They go and have coffee, and they go on like a short date, and he finds out that Yolanda is asexual, and he's just like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. There's no pressure. That's a huge thing for us aces is the pressure. And especially my first romantic relationship, that pressure, especially being in my young 20s and expected to be this robust, sexually inclined man, it was very hard for me to come to terms with the fact that, oh gosh, like I have to, I have to try to please my partner. And not having that burden is such a huge thing for us aces. I can't emphasize enough how important that is. It's interesting, again, this is another typical ace experience, is that Yolanda and him essentially have nothing in common. Yolanda is a very sort of bookish, rational, very... I'm trying to find the right terms for Yolanda. Yolanda is a very good character. There's nothing wrong with Yolanda, but Yolanda is polar opposite. Yolanda is just like, you need to have a job and education. You're just sort of a slacker. You've experienced some success, but I don't think it's deserved. I think because Yolanda is so focused on education and so focused on conventional jobs and the conventional way of acquiring prestige and wealth and everything, and Todd just sort of falls into it. Because at this point, Todd is successful. He's experienced success, but it was sort of luck that caused him to experience success. Todd is actually quite talented, it's shown, but at the same time, Todd has this goofy personality. He just sort of fell into some success. And that's another interesting part of the show, is whether Todd is legitimately talented or just very lucky. But anyway, Yolanda confronts him on this, and Todd's just kind of like, okay, you know, I don't like the way that you're talking to me, and it's very awkward. And it turns out that Yolanda and him have absolutely nothing in common outside of being ace. And this is very, very common for aces dating each other is that we go on dating apps, we find someone who's ace, and we're like, oh my gosh, finally, the diamond in the rough, I finally found someone, the 1% of the general population, and then they meet, 
They realize they have nothing in common, and it's hard. It's hard to find aces to begin with, and then you find you have nothing in common, and it's just like, oh crap, now I have to do this whole thing over again. And for me, I've had my experiences trying to find people on dating apps, and it's just exhausting. And to finally find someone who's ace, and to have that experience of realizing you have nothing in common, it's just exhausting to try to go back on and try to capture lightning in the bottle again. Because that's what it feels like sometimes, capturing lightning in a bottle, finding an ace on the internet. Yolanda and Todd's relationship more or less is, well, we're both ace, so we might as well be together. Eventually, he meets Yolanda's parents. So this is another interesting experience. Yolanda's parents are basically in the adult film industry, so completely polar opposite of Yolanda and Todd. And I think that this is meant to kind of mirror the experience of queer people coming out to their families who are, you know, the, the straight-laced conservative type or the conventional type. And this is sort of meant to mirror that experience because you have Yolanda's parents, Yolanda's mother, who is an actress in the adult film industry. Her dad's a producer. And they're really, like, open to be like, oh, are you guys going to have sex? I hope you have sex. Like, it's important that you have sex to sort of seal your relationship. It's very interesting the way that it's portrayed. And of course, when Todd's talking to her parents, who was kind of like, oh yeah, Todd went to college and Todd's so successful and blah, blah, blah. You know, the conventional sort of thing where somebody's insecure about their partner's achievements or whatever, and they're trying to like talk them up. And Todd is just like, oh yeah, I went to college. Oh yeah, I'm into the sex thing. And it's just very awkward. And Yolanda's twin sister is very sexual and Yolanda's twin sister sneaks into Yolanda's clothes and comes into Todd's bedroom and tries to like get him to have sex and Todd is just like oh my god what are you doing this is so awkward this is quite funny and there's a whole scene about it and they eventually like come out to their parents and it's a very warm and fuzzy scene at the end where there's acceptance after this part in the show though Todd and Yolanda break up Todd actually cuts it off being like hey we have nothing really in common you're obviously not comfortable with my lifestyle this just isn't working, and it's a very clean breakup. There's no sadness or tears, and they both agree that in like 50 years, if they're not married, that they'll eventually settle down together. This is the beauty of aces when they break up. I mean, there are rough breakups for aces, just like everyone else, but a lot of the time, the breakups are very civil, and it's just like, okay, well, we're better off as friends. Let's keep in contact, and let's support each other and be good friends and move on with our lives. And I think that this is a really good job by the show. And later on in the later episodes, it doesn't really focus so much on Todd's sexuality, as it's kind of already been addressed, but it sort of makes references to it. Todd and Emily eventually spend a lot more time together, and Todd makes this ridiculous machine for Emily, because Emily obviously has a desire to have sex, and Todd is not really into that, so Todd makes a machine to like pleasure her, and the machine is like so good or so ridiculous that it ends up taking Todd's job for marketing or whatever, and it's really silly. You'd have to see the show for more context, but like I said, there are clips on the internet. And at this point, I really want to summarize what makes Todd a good representation and what could have been done better. And to start off with a good, I really like how Todd came into his identity not really knowing what he was, but figuring it out over time. And we as the viewer who are watching the show sort of come to terms with it as well. Todd doesn't feel like a token ace. There's some stereotypes, but Todd feels very natural. His progression is natural, and it doesn't feel too forced. And that's why he's so favorably looked on by the ace community. A lot of aces have actually found out about their own identity because of Todd. 
and they found community, they found stuff on the internet because of these conversations that Todd has in this animated series. And BoJack Horseman is obviously very popular and was received very positive for themes and narratives. Todd is one of the few characters in media that is explicitly stated as ace. A great deal of characters are very ambiguous. And in terms of what the showrunners could have done better, this is something that I've heard repeated time and time again, is there's just not enough scenes. Like, his asexuality comes to the forefront sometimes, but most of the time it's in the background. Like, in the first few seasons, we don't even know he's ace. We just kind of get hints at it, which is fine because it kind of enhances the natural progression, but a lot of aces watching media are just starved for this sort of content, and we're just given little bits and pieces of it, and we just want more and more and more. And another thing is, is the show doesn't really know whether to take itself seriously at times. It can have these deep philosophical moments, these moments that hit close to home, these moments that even cause you to hyperventilate or go through anxiety. Like I said, I've been triggered multiple times by this show. But at the same time, it can be completely goofy, completely unrealistic, and so it's hard to hold on to the narrative. Also, Todd is like this sort of fun-loving, free spirit, but yet at the same time, he's insanely talented, and he can have these serious conversations. Like the dog in the show was one of the other characters, sort of uh, Bojack's nemesis. Mr. Peanut Butter, he can be extremely just goofy and fun-living, completely off the walls, ridiculous. But at the same time, he can have like these serious conversations, and he's like, "Oh, well, I'm more aware of what's going on than you would expect." Like I would say, this is one of the flaws with the show is just it doesn't know whether to take itself seriously or not. And unfortunately, this kind of falls over to Todd. Can we really take Todd seriously? Is Todd really this talented guy who has these great ideas, or is he just this slacker who just lives at BoJack's house and just? basically leeches off of him. So Todd is a lovable guy, and it's hard to dislike him, but at the same time, it can be hard to take him seriously. Do we really take this character seriously as an ace, or do we just sort of see him, the slacker who doesn't have any interest in anybody, just wants to play video games? And I would say, I would say the final con is that sometimes the interactions that Todd has with other aces, it feels like an infomercial, where it's like somebody explains what aromantic is for like 30 seconds, which is good. But it's just kind of awkward in the context of the animation in itself. It's all of a sudden, you're talking about these details of asexuality in depth that takes up like two to three minutes sometimes, describing aromantic, asexual, or romantic, asexual, demisexual, that sort of thing. And it feels like a TED Talk even sometimes. And it's a fictional setting. So again, it's, it kind of ruins the immersion at times, for me at least but I respect the effort. And it's hard to talk about these things because asexuality is still misunderstood. And there's still a lot of aces who haven't really come to terms with their identity or are still trying to figure it out. So these sorts of things are really good. And it's just probably a nitpick for me. Overall, I would say that Todd Chavez is a very good character in a very good show. And the fact that he is ace just makes it even better because those of us who already like the show, and then we get this character who is ace-identifying, it just is the cherry on top of the Sunday. And it's important that there's ace representation, because we are misunderstood. And the more of it we have, the better. But at the same time, it needs to be proper representation, and not this sort of data from Star Trek, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, like sort of this 
Like, we're not automatons. We have feelings and emotions. And that's the problem with some of the representation. And it's the good thing about Todd. Todd has feelings and emotions. Todd is free-hearted. Todd has a lot of love for people. He has friendships. And he's very normal in terms of the spectrum of emotions. It's just this one thing about him that is different. And that's what makes him so good. It's almost a shock when you learn that Todd is asexual. But asexual people that are watching and watching his progression are like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But for someone who isn't familiar or someone who sort of doesn't know about the ace experience, this is a very big shocker and it's a very revealing moment. And I know that it's already happened and it's caused people to do research in asexuality, which is really good. That's what we want. Todd fulfills the educational, endearing, and entertaining factors in terms of his character, which is really good because it makes him more relatable to the audience. And it makes him not this android alien sort of character. With all that being said, I think that that's a fairly good summary of Todd Chavez. I really do enjoy these sort of explorations of characters in fiction, nonfiction, and media, so I definitely want to do this again. I also am thinking about doing one on nostalgia. When I started this podcast experience, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do and what I wanted to talk about, whether I needed to be on topic to asexual things or I wanted to venture into other topics. And in the future, I think I'm just going to try to keep it lively and keep it unexpected and not really focus on one thing or the other. Like, I do want to talk about ace topics, but more or less, I want this medium for me to talk about what's on my mind. Like, nostalgia is something that I constantly experience looking back in my 20s with nostalgia. But in actuality, it was a very hard time for me. But I have these fond memories. I have these fond memories of childhood. And I have this dread about the future, about what things are going to be different. So that's something I've considered, even though it's not necessarily on the asexual spectrum of topics. I think that as long as I keep a plethora of topics, some of which are asexual, some of which are more commonplace. This is not just me talking about the ace experience. This is me talking about what's going on in my life, my opinions on things, and my exploration of the world, and my experience with the community. I'm definitely open to suggestions for those of you who want me to talk about certain topics. Part of my goal with doing this podcast is to expand my social network, and I really do hope I find some friends doing this. On that note, I think I'm going to wrap things up here. I thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will see you on the next one. Peace.